you've tuned in to the show that celebrates life and all that makes it special. Sports, music, you, and of course, an ice cold beer or a glass of your favorite wine. And now, today's story. Hey everyone, welcome to the sports edition of Life, Sports, Music, and Beer. And a very interesting panel today. By the way, before we get started, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button, all that good stuff, um, you know, so we can get back to you. If you have any questions, the email is right on the bottom. By the way, this entire segment, as a lot of our segments, are sponsored and brought to you by you and the truth. So you might want to check in out on that podcast. So listen, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to uh, uh, bring in my two experts on sports. Uh, Tom Gatons, Tom, say hello. How's everyone doing today, guys? It's it's good to be here. I'm excited because college football and college basketball are my two favorite sports, um, and this is just this is the best time of the year. Not just because of Christmas, not not just because we have a lot to give thanks for, but because football is in its full glory. Uh, I love it, buddy. I love it. Love the cap too. I got a few of those. I got to start wearing mm-hmm. those again. I love them. And uh, let me just introduce my host for today. Um, Rick, it's always good to have you on, buddy. Uh, I'd love to hear you speak because you actually know what you're talking about as opposed to me. <laughs> so you guys are a great combination. Rick, take it away, buddy. All right. Well, obviously, I'm still grinning from ear to ear as my Michigan Wolverines have won three straight now against this team down here. Um, and it is playoff time. It's It's championship week, man. I mean, this is what you play the whole year for. We had two amazing games last night and that, that me and Tom are going to go over. Um, the first one I want to cover, though, is the Liberty game. Um, Liberty, New Mexico State. What a story by uh, Liberty. Uh, New Mexico State, of course, has Jerry Kill. Those who are Big Ten fans uh, remember him from Minnesota. You should have a weak spot for him as he had those seizures and, and strokes at Minnesota. So pretty much all of Big Ten Nation was rooting for him when he was unhealthy. So it's great to see him bring such a poor program like New Mexico State back to the forefront. So a hell of a year by him. Um, Liberty, what else can you say? Undefeated season. They go 13-0. They're fighting for that last J1 spot or the January, the big bowls for the the smaller outside the Power 5 conference. And it's going to pretty much come down to them in Tulane now. So they're probably rooting a, a certain way in that game. So uh, great game again, back and forth. You're talking about points. I mean, we're talking 49-35 was the final. Uh, it's 84 points on your over-under, guys. I think they shattered that. So uh, what did you take out of that, Tom? Both both great universities. Really good to see Liberty so new and so fresh come in and be that new mid-major that's making noise. Yeah, I'm the, the, the new James Madison, right? And so what, what makes it interesting, and this is a kind of where it – the rubber meets the road. Liberty is that team that defines what college football is all about right now. And, and it's been for a long time. It's, it's, it's quarterback driven, right? And uh, Caden Salter showed that last night. I mean, it was a phenomenal performance by him, but that's what, that's what he does. And that's what happens in college football. The typically the best quarterback wins, but these two teams were pretty evenly matched. They're both, you know, Liberty was, I think 38th in uh, total defense. New Mexico state was 48th. They were only 44th in offense, but Liberty was number five in total offense. And that was the difference because of Caden uh, Salter. And yeah. what makes this impressive is that he was a dual threat quarterback and you saw how that game ended with his, his efforts. And so watch them in the future, because keep in mind, remember we had this phenom that came out in the NFL last year um, at a Liberty at quarterback. And now they just reloaded with Caden Salter. The point is uh, this is the type of place where, Good athletes can get great attention. Mm-hmm. And and Ralph, you'll love this. They are a Christian school, so that's Liberty is based on faith too, if I remember right. Um, and uh, so again, great story, great program, up and coming. Uh, you're going to hear from them for years to come because it's all about recruiting. And when you go undefeated, you're gonna you're gonna see some recruiting. Hey guys, uh, if, you've been, if you've ever been to a campus, that that's one of the most beautiful campuses. If you Riding up on the west side of Virginia, through almost on, on the edge of the Shenandoah, um, you've got Liberty University. It's a beautiful place, and I'm just going to give a shout out to David Corey, who's their former executive counsel, a good friend of mine, went to college with, and um, he he just texts me all the time about how great, how much fun it is to be in that area. 
I would love to go see it. No, that's awesome to see. Let me let me show my ignorance. If Liberty is thirteen and zero, mm -hmm. why are they not ranked? <laughs> I, I mean, are they a small school? Strength of schedule. It... Strength of schedule. Strength of schedule. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah but thirteen and zero. I mean, uh, should they yeah. be given a shot at something? See, I mean, so so this is where uh, Ralph. This is where we've been clamoring for a 12 team, 18, 12 team playoff for a long time. Next year it's in this year. It would have been a beautiful time because you would have had the Tulane. You would have had Liberty. You would have had a few other teams that edge into that top 12 and it would have given more courage to the pollsters to give these teams a chance because this is what happens. Let me, Absolutely. this is what makes Remember at the earlier on, I mentioned about how great I love the NCAA uh, basketball as a sport as well. And the reason people do is because March Madness, a, a, a little Princeton can beat a big North Carolina, right? And this is what college sports is about. And when we get to that 12-team playoff, you're going to have the entry of some teams that have had great success at lower-level competition against these Power Five conferences, you know, and we're going to be moving into the super conference world where it's going to yeah. be a little bit more difficult. However, I, I still think it's going to give opportunity to teams like Liberty and James Madison. See, James Madison – is undefeated too, yes. but they're held out of the playoff by by a, a stupid rule that requires yes. you to have to be in the um, top divisions for two years prior to getting a um, a, a a a grant to the higher bowl. Um, uh, Who comes up with these stupid rules? Oh, the um, the, the communistic party called the NCAA. Yeah, <laughs> communistic yeah. party. I love that. Yeah, but I mean, well, it's, it's, it's true. Bosworth had it right when he wore that shirt back in the eighties. They they need yes. to abolish the NCAA. Well, they are. It's, 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 yeah. it, it's feckless. It has no power. It's over. It's, it's done. There's going to be a new apparatus that's created here in the next uh, 12 to 18 months. That's replacing it. Yeah. But I thought it was national collegiate. I didn't, I didn't know Riga was national. Uh, oh, I've got the shirt. Communist. Yeah. National yeah. communist. Oh, I should have wore it for this yeah. podcast, but yeah. Sorry. Sorry, gentlemen. That's Go right ahead. <laughs> and also just to add on to that, Tom, that uh, James Madison almost went to court for antitrust on them, on the NCAA yep. for this. Uh, yes. But they backed off of it. Uh, the the game of the night, obviously, the game of the year um, was last night as well. Really interesting. They put it on a Friday night. Great, great marketing for them to have their own spot. But Washington and Oregon, second meeting, almost the same result. Three points. I mean, almost identical. Yes. Uh, identical game. Uh, yep. In my opinion, really uh, took Bo Nix out of the running um, for Heisman. Um, I think the kid's great. This is no knock on him. It's just he had his moment on prime time to show everybody why he should be Heisman, and he didn't. He didn't do it. Uh, Michael yeah. Penix, however, had 319 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. QBR rating at 87.8. But Bo Nix went 21 of 34, 239, and you're going to say, "Wow, you know, numbers are low," but he still had three three touchdowns and a pick. I mean, it's not like he was terrible. But when you have that moment, you need to be about 370 with about four touchdowns and no picks. That's a Heisman yeah. moment. I, I I will tell you, Rick, my opinion of this game going into it, and we were talking about trying to get in, get this production done sooner yeah. so we could talk about this game. And what I was going to refer to is one of the problems that, that Oregon had this year was Bo Nix. Bo Nix is a phenomenal quarterback, but he's always had an issue here from yep. his days at Auburn and, and Auburn, today. Yep. And, and it showed last night. Under pressure, he shrinks a little bit, right? And this mm -hmm. has been his MO. And I think NFL scouts will notice this. I'll, I'll tell you what he's great at. And this is what this is why this game was so exciting because you had two of the best coaches in the nation. You had yes. Lanning at Oregon and you had DeVore at Washington. And what's beautiful is this is what Lanning understands. He understands his personnel and says, okay, what? how can I get the best out of Bo Nix? And he did this. Um, Oregon was number one in the nation in yards after catch, which means yep. Bo Nix actually had the shortest amount of time in the nation holding the ball. He would get it out yes. fast, whether yes. it was to his running back tight end or, or wide receivers, a great core of wide receivers. And yep. so what they did is they, they extended the field by getting the ball. It increased his percentage to like a 72% uh, completion percentage. But what was so different was on third down, his completion percentage dropped to like 52%. Yeah, because he had to throw year. over five yards. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. And yes. so this changed the dynamic of this game. This is why I really felt Washington came into this game really primed to win. And here's why. Because the first six games of the year, they barely used Dylan Johnson, which is their secret weapon, their running back. Now, mm -hmm. Penix is 
I, I agree with you. Penix is in head to head with Jay, with with Daniels from LSU for the Heisman, but Dylan Johnson is the MVP for the season. The last six games of the season for um, Washington, he's averaged over 100 yards, and it's it's been a not quite 100 yards, but it, it's been close. He's like 68 yards to 98 yards, whatever it is. But he he's been phenomenal. Here's the thing: Penix had 10 of his 12 games worth 300 yards, and he did it again last night phenomenal um again another big 10 transfer right but yeah. dylan johnson is a if you're a fantasy football kid um or a person next year <laughs> he is going to be a dynamic or in two years he's gonna be a dynamic um player in the nfl the guy is incredibly talented here was the difference of the game running outside the tackles and that's what won the game for for uh, washington passing the ball well great game but yep. carbon copy of game one and yep. this is why DeBoer is the most underrated coach in, in in college right now. Oh, he's on our radar. If if the Harbaugh thing goes like we think, and he's going to the NFL, DeBoer's number well, one on our hit list. So. Well, he's also uh, number one on Ohio State's hit yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> there's rumblings, <laughs> rumblings, and bumblings in Columbus. Yes, lots. Yes, and also since we couldn't do the preview of the game, I was I laid heavy on Washington last night, and I'll tell you why. The blatant disrespect of that spread to me was bulletin bulletin board music all week. You're yeah. almost a 10-point underdog in a against a team you've already beat, and you're yeah. the one undefeated, and everybody yeah. said you have no chance. That's well, ridiculous it, it, to me. And to your point, of, of the last eight games in, in this circumstance, the team that won the first match is 7-1. and one. So yeah. this is the prognosticators ignoring their own statistics, yes. which makes no sense, which, to your point, leads to the bias the funny thing is washington has the best record in the nation against um eight and four or better teams yeah so it's it and here's the other factor this is why i was so strong on washington too and that is that they played character games meaning they had seven games within one score um that builds character for a team it tells you a team that stays mentally tough to the very last whistle for the last tick of the clock I want a mentally tough team, and that's what yep. DeBoer creates, and that's why this team, Washington, be careful, everybody, because they yes. are mentally tough, and that's half the game. As yep. or you know, 90% of the game is mental, or 90% of the game is half mental, right? Yogi? Yeah, yeah, Yogi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I loved it. Uh, yeah, that's a third straight game in that series that has been decided by three points. So that's a, a heck of a series going forward, too when they both come to the big 10 next year, which is going to load that conference. Um, hey guys, let me, let me pick your brain here for a second. Um, you know, based on, on human, from what I see on all these things and all these standings and look, what you just mentioned, it, when you have the human factor involved, people picking, you know, there's a committee that picks this, chooses that. Mm -hmm. How, what do you see in the future as far as AI having a say in in schedules and and you know standings and th these types of decisions you see I what i'm saying we rather than put it in the that. hands yeah i think we've yeah. gone away from that because we used to have the percentages we used to have the calculated one and i just it'll come back i'm sure but it's gonna it's gonna ruin it again i, I to tom's point i love the 12 because you can't argue if you're at 13 going, I should be in, I should be in. Then don't lose two games. That's the bottom line on that. That's no longer politics. That's you've lost two games. You don't deserve anything, really. You're lucky if you're fighting for 12 at that point. So undefeated. Like, yeah. No, no, Rick, you're, you're exactly right. And, and what's going to happen with the super conferences? There's going to be more, more of a meat grinder reality to this. So there's, I mean, more teams are going to have two and three losses that are excellent mm -hmm. programs, but because they're playing a meat grinder conference, I mean, look, look at the big 10, the way it is right now, there are nine and O oh in the, the last nine games on the East versus the West in the big 10, yeah. uh, which means that even if even a quality team in the big 10 West is not going to beat the champion from the East because of the meat grinder reality, it raises the elevation, it, it elevates the play. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of the things they're seeing. So while AI can help in scheduling in terms of trying to, create more parity of schedule um ultimately the conferences want to do that anyway um this these super conferences so that in fact that's why the big 10 has grabbed oregon and washington is because and usc the reality is those ucla those movements of those teams help elevate the, the parity within the conferences potentially down the road for sure 
For sure. It's going to take away a little bit of the tradition. We, us Big Ten folks have been talking about it because the problem is Michigan and Ohio State could play each other three times in one year now, and, and they're going to move that game. I, I, you know, again, back to the preference. The first thing I said, I, college football and college basketball are my two favorite sports. I don't know if I'm going to like the future of college football. I do not like the um, NIL era. I do not like this free agency that we have in college football. I, I think it pits player against coach. And the reality is, I, I think it's going to be to the detriment of the quality of the product going forward. I'm not a fan of it. I understand. Uh, but this is, again, back to the NCAA. The NCAA ignored the problem for decades and decades. Yeah. And instead of addressing it with a um, with a reasonable solution, it became a wild west. And, and there was no law, no order, no semblance of reality. And here we are today. I mean, look at this. The, the Pac-10 became the conference of great quarterbacks. Um, and yet none of those great quarterbacks originated in the Pac-12. Right. Yeah, true. Very true. So we will jump into today's games, today's games. The first one, well, there's a couple at noon. First one we're going to talk about is Toledo and Miami, Battle of Ohio, basically, at this point. Two really good Mac schools. Miami of Ohio is beautiful. If you've never been there, go look at that place. It's the Ivy Ivy League of the, the Midwest is what they call it. Uh, it's beautiful. Um, I've got Miami. Uh, so the last uh, time these two teams met, uh, in this in 2004, um, looks like the, that, uh, the Red Hawks actually Toledo's got chances to win back to back for the first time. And since 2004, I believe, um, tight games, 21, 17 was their first meeting. I expect the same Miami's got to bloody this up. They've got to make it uh, more of a big 10 1930s game and ground and pound because Toledo's weapons are legit. So I'll let Tom talk about Toledo. Uh, the spread on this, we were going to talk about this as well. Don't don't bank on me for your financial advice, but uh, getting eight, I like Miami of Ohio today getting eight. I will say that. Uh, so, yes, I, to your point, I, on, on the spread, I, I'm a, totally in concurrence with you on that. The reality is um, this is going to be a grinded game. Um, these two teams are so evenly matched. Um, you know, I think Miami is around 24th in, in total defense. Toledo's about 32nd. So they both bring a, a good defense into the game. I think the difference, and this will be the end result, is that Toledo has a more dynamic offense. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they have probably one of the best running backs that no one's ever heard of in, in Perry Boone. Um, and they also have a – they have the ability to um, to get to the quarterback. And I, I think that their havoc rate – rate on defense i think that will be the difference of this game is negative yardage that, that they create um, when miami has the ball um, toledo's defense is three layers deep they have they have good players in each each grouping and i think that's going to be the difference in this ultimate game i think it's going to be a 23 20 game um, toledo wins um, that's kind of how i play that I like it. I like it. Daquan Finn, of course, their quarterback at Toledo, he's explosive too. 21 touchdowns, eight picks. He's got 530 rushing and six touchdowns on the ground too. So he's a typical Toledo guy. I mean, if you've watched Toledo over the last 10 years, yeah. they're explosive on offense. For us to be talking about their defense is a rarity. So that's that's right. why they're a balanced team this year. Well, to, to your point about the balance, they're 32nd in offense and 32nd in defense. Exactly. I mean, that there is perfect go. balance, right? And yeah. so the, the reality is, and to your point, and this is, again, back to, again, a point I'll, I'll, I'll reiterate probably five more times in this in this telecast, and that is that the quarterback is the most important position on the field. Yes. He's the, he is yes. the leader. He's the coach on the field because we don't do headsets. Um, so he has to manage the game mentally, right, with fewer turnovers, holding on the ball. You know, every one of these games is going to come down to turnovers, right? And so this is the element of this game. Who can who can hold the ball? Because a turnover in this game is going to be consequential. That's but death, to your yeah. point, that dual threat quarterback puts enormous pressure on so his much defense. Pressure on the secondary, especially. Yep. Yes. Um, so that 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 game's going on in Detroit, Ford Field, Mac Championship always gets held there, which I think is cool. I've been to a couple, it's it's good time. Uh, also at noon, this one's much more important uh, to the playoff standings. You got Texas, Oklahoma State in Dallas at Jerry Jones's house. <laughs> if they put a hundred thousand in that, which they will easily probably, because uh, Texas travels, 
trust. <laughs> so, you know, you, I've got Oklahoma State in this one. They need Barry Sanders to win this one, I think. But we'll go ahead and give them a shot because um, the pollsters sure don't. They're a 14-point do dog. So when you say you're going to take Oklahoma State, you mean it just in the spread, not in the final victory? Correct, just in the spread. Okay. I do yeah. not have them okay. winning this game, but I'll take the two touchdowns. And anytime you give me double digits in a conference title game, I'm taking a look at it. I'm taking a look at the dog. Oklahoma State yep. can run the ball again. That's what I'm looking for is to eat clock if 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 you're taking double-digit dogs. Can they keep possession and eat clock? If they're running team, I love them against a big spread. That's just me. Um, a lot on the line for Texas. Uh, yours and the boys, so I'll let Tom take over Texas, but I'll take Oklahoma State to lose a close one but cover the spread on 14. So I, I'll disagree with a little bit. I, I think this is going to be a surprise, um, and this is why. Again, um, I think this offense that Texas has is ridiculous, um, and it's finally getting into its groove. The efficiency of viewers, uh, his accuracy has has night and day difference between the first half and the last half of the season, despite him even winning the game against Alabama, quality competition. <laughs> I think their defense is going to come play. Their secondary is really strong, and, well, I do agree with you. I, I think Oklahoma State is that Cinderella story this year. I, I think it's the most underrated good performance team of the, of the year, and they're playing really well at this time. But I think Texas is on all cylinders. And I I think between this tandem running back of, of Baxter and Blue, um, and these are their second and third string running backs because Brooks got hurt at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, this team is so ridiculously balanced, and it has some of the most talented wide receivers in Xavier um, Worthy, and crew, um, I think this team can put up 48. I see a 48-24 game. I, I, I think it's once the game gets uh, to almost to 10, 12, 14 points, I think Oklahoma State quits, and I think Texas puts the, the pedal to the metal. Um, and I, I think they want to make a statement going into the – because remember, let me just go back to this for just a second because I, I yeah. think this needs to be addressed before we jump too, too much further. I just want to say this. So, because of that reality of what we're seeing here, and I just want to go over these numbers real fast. You know, you got Georgia if they win, they're in. Michigan if they win, they're in. Uh, Washington, they won, they're in. Florida State wins, they're in. Um, and Oregon had to win to try to even get in, right? And But right. they didn't win. So ultimately, uh, Ohio State needs Michigan to lose. I mean, so, I'm sorry, Ohio State needs Michigan to win, Georgia to win, Washington to win and Florida State to lose, and Texas to lose. So, yep. you know, obviously, there are some people rooting out there against Texas today. Yes. But Texas needs an upset. So there is huge motivation in that room. They need an upset. Um, they need one of those top teams to yes. be upset. Um, if that doesn't happen, Texas goes home. So this is a statement game from they need to They need to make people believe that they're being screwed. And so I think that's going to be this motivation that Sarkeesian has on this team to say, guys, don't let up. Don't let up. Yeah. yeah. No, I like it. I like it a lot. And, and I agree with you 100% on that. Um, they have to they have to cover that spread at the very least, in my opinion, because even if it, we'll, we'll get into it when we get to Florida State, but Texas needs to put down a 35-14 kind of performance. In my yeah. opinion, they, it yeah. needs to be dominating. It needs to be in your face. But and, and let me let, let me just add to your point. What people don't pay attention to sometimes is those is those deeper stats. And here's one of those stats on that defense: the defensive line of Texas is phenomenal. But they also bring it off the edge at, with with linebacker blitzing. They're number one in the nation in in third down defense. Um, and that's as we we all know that's we're football huge. geeks. Third down defense is the most important part of a team's makeup uh, in terms of the defensive side of the ball. If you yeah. can stop teams on third down, if, if on down distance, you're winning that battle, you're going to win games. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's go to the next game. Probably not as much on a radar um, unless you're a Boise State fan. Um, Boise State, UNLV. Uh, what I thought was interesting is when everybody talked about, and, and I got to give props to my son on this, we played UNLV as one of our week first, yep. first games. Well, they're in the title now for their conference. Yep. My mm -hmm. son kept going, dad, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. We're their only loss. And then they lost right before this 
to San Jose State. But tell you what, sneaky good team that that actually strengthened Michigan's schedule when you look at it now. You know, everybody said we didn't play anybody. Well, if nobody's the, the conference title winner, you know, that I guess that's a pretty good nobody, you know. But uh, this game, I, I'm a big Boise dude. I love Boise State. Um, amazing to me how you can make your conference championship after firing your coach midseason. That's amazing to me. Uh, that's Boise State did that this year. <laughs> so, um, going to be a great game. Obviously, the pollsters think so, too. It's a, it's a neutral field. It's a three-point spread. This is going to come down to the end. Uh, who's got the more experience being there? I like Boise covering the three. They, they've been there, done that for years. So, I, that's just my take on that. What do you got with UNLV, now, Tom? I, I, you know, to, to your point on the spread, UNLV is a spread dynamo. I mean, this is a better dream. They're six one and one against the spread this year, um, um, at home, and and so this kind of plays into that betters play. Th- this game may not turn out the way people expect, but expect UNLV to cover the spread. I mean, it's it's almost a lock. But I will say <laughs> this: Boise State has an amazing pass defense. And so this is strength against strength because yes. uh, Jaden um, Miava, however you pronounce him, Maeda, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, is a again another great dual threat quarterback. In the last uh, I think three games, he's had like seven rushing and ten passing TDs, maybe four games, so whatever it is. But he's playing at an incredibly high level. And football is a game of streaks, right? You, yes. you you've got, you feel it. It's like golf. You feel it or you don't. And a quarterback feels it right now. He's feeling. It. And until that Boise State defense takes him off his out of his comfort zone. And again, this is a coaching decision, right? You've got to utilize your strength. Uh, this is Boise State to yep. change that uh, the vision that he he's so comfortable right now. You've got to t- change the vision. You've got to move out of out of um, from you know you've got to move from a uh, zone to a to a man read and, and switch back out. You've got to do things that'll disrupt you. Be, they're on a hot streak in terms of success. Um, so I think they'll end up winning this game, but I think you're right. I think it'll be, a, you know, again, let me just say, make one quick point on this. Yeah, again, two good offenses, not great defenses, right? Yeah. UNLV is number 40 in offense. Boise is number 28. So these teams will put up points. Um, I, I think it'll be like a 38-35 type game. Sounds like the over is a good play here then. Um, I think so. Uh, fun stat on this one. UNLV hasn't won in this series since 1970. Okay, Rick, lo- lost your audio there. Oh, you did? Oh. Hold on. Okay, that's good. You're back. You did? Yep. You got it? All right. Yep. Yeah, a a fun fact I was saying, Ralph, uh, UNLV hasn't won in this series since 1977. So there's all kinds of motivation to be the first for for that program to to win that game. So you're right. There's a lot of hidden factors here. I I think that's going to be a fun one to watch. I think it's going to be a last possession type game, which is always great. So um, next one on the slate. And somehow you made me cover Appalachian State, who, as you know, with the hat I'm wearing, why I would not want to cover Appalachian State ever. <laughs> <laughs> but another good game. People don't people don't know a lot about Troy. Troy was a great one double A program that was just like App State uh, in infancy, coming in, beating teams, or at least playing everybody. They were playing everybody. Yes. And now they've come into their own. Um, they're they're finally there. App State, we know what they are. That's a powerhouse yep. program that's mm-hmm. starting to make noise in in the big boys conference now, because they're that good. And again, they get the recruiting, they get the throwaways nobody wants, yep. and they turn them from three stars into four and five stars and send them that's a right. lot of these guys to the league, um, which is amazing. So this this game is amazing because the Sun Belt this year has 12 bowl eligible teams. Talking about a conference that has turned it around completely, yes. that's an amazing number. Um, it's six and a half. Troy is favored in this game by six and a half. I've got App State because I'm covering App State. So I'll take the six and a half. App State always finds ways. They're just, they're sneaky good. Uh, they always have a linebacker or two that you've never heard of that tears it up. Offensively, and they always have always special teams. Receiver. They're yeah. always a special teams dynamo. They always have a a, a little five seven, one hundred and seventy pound guy who who can do magic, right? And yes. and you Michigan fans know this all too well, right? Yep. Uh, so to, to your point about this game, this is a really this is gonna be a fun game to watch 
the havoc rate that Troy brings on defense, I think, will ultimately be the difference maker. They're the number 12 defense in the nation. App State is always a dynamic offense. They're always yes. an exciting team to watch. But I think defense wins championship games. Yep. Um, and I, I've always felt that. So Troy, I think, will win the game. But I think you're right. I think App State will cover. But here's the thing. Again, it's all about leadership. One of the great names in college football right now is, is the quarterback for Troy Gunnar Watson, right? And he's phenomenal. But then you also have uh, Kamani Vidal at running mm -hmm. back. You've got a, you've yes. got a double hit. So while they're not quite as good as App State in terms of its overall offensive look, I think though that tandem will lead them to victory um, with their strong defense. Um, they're, they're just terrific. And, and again, the third down defense, which I just want to point out again, this is what makes them good is 15th in the nation. And that's going to be yep. holding App State on third down is going to be what wins this game for them. That, that's big. Uh, and also App State's quarterback, Joey Aguilar, he's, he's got three touchdowns in his last on their five game win streak. At least yep. three every game. So you're right; they're oh, explosive. They're they're the same old App State. It, it's these are all good games to watch today, guys. Honestly, in my opinion, you know, if you're bored and you're flipping around, watch one of these smaller <clears throat> college games. They're oh, fantastic. Yes, and, and by the way, since we're talking about the Sun Belt, that's why I have the sunlight bearing in <laughs> on me right now. It's it's a, nice. Uh, something nice. I can't block at this point. So sorry, <laughs> sorry about uh, my glare is causing people some strains. What that really means is that's a new segment for us. It's called the Golden Picks are coming up, which means bank <laughs> your house on it. Exactly. And well, listen, right. Tom. At least you've got yep. sunshine coming in. You know, I'm down here in Miami, so it's beautiful weather. Now, Rick. Yeah, okay, Rick don't is... talk, Ralph. That's why you're a producer today. I don't see you on screen now, which is beautiful. So... <laughs> yeah, Rick Ain't doesn't. No sunshine. That's right. That's Rick right. has no idea what sunshine looks like. There's going to be sunshine in Indy, but it's going to be about well, 32 and sunny. Yeah. Hey, Ralph, um, if if you start seeing animals pair up down Miami into 50 inches over normal range, <laughs> could you let us know? I I want to be prepared. Uh, I, will, I will go into the arc selling business real quick. So are we are we on the Tulane game next? Is that where we're going? Uh, let's see. No. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I went SMU backwards. Tulane. You are yep. correct. Yes, Tulane. Yep. Tulane SMU, four o'clock game in New Orleans. Uh number two great game, by the way. Two ranked teams. Oh. This oh, is yeah. what we were talking about. Tulane needs this bad. Uh Guys, when yep. we say they need it bad, obviously they can't go to the playoffs. That's not what we're referring to. But do you know the money difference on a J1 game or or yes. for these schools like a Tulane or an SMU? Yes. The, it's significant. Or Liberty, like we were saying. It's really down huh. to Tulane and Liberty. But yep. it's 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 significant for the program. Trust me on this. Um, I've got SMU. SMU's getting four in this game. Um, they've been a great surprise under Rhett Lashley. Uh, they rank fifth in the FBS and scoring offense at 40, almost 42 a game. That's a fun offense, folks. You want to see some speed and space and some wide receivers? Watch that game. Uh, they Not quite Washington's wide receivers because all three of them are going to the league. But you want to see a fun, like an old Houston-type offense? Watch some SMU today. But I'll, I'll, I'll give it over to you. I'll take SMU. I would, Rick, I, I, I would just add to your point. They've got the most balanced team. They're 13th in defense and ninth in offense, and they're fourth and third yes, down defense. Yes, in scoring so defense. This yep. team, this team yep. is fantastic. I mean, SMU is fantastic. But let me talk about Tulane, and I've, I've got a little bias here. My sister went to Tulane, so I've been following Tulane since 1974. Um, nice. In the in the bad, ugly years, and in these glory years of recent times. Um, they've had they've had three resurgence over the last 20 years, and it's been fun to watch. You may remember a Bowden who played there or was coached there for a while who brought yep. the team back as well, and they've put a ton of good players into the NFL. And next year they're going to put two more. They're going to put two greats in the in the NFL. They'll, I'm not sure where they'll fall, but they will both be successful NFLers. Uh, Pratt is one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. In fact, he's so good. He's 14-0 in his last 14 games. Um, he did not play against Ole Miss, so he is not there. And he's averaging two and a half um, touchdowns per game. But that is not just where their offense rests. I mean, their their defense is 29th. Um, their defensive third down conversion protection is is good. Not as good as SMU's at 30 at 36 is Tulane to the fourth of, uh, for SMU. But 
Makai Hughes is a stud running back. And when those two play, that dynamic offense is difficult to be, even though SMU has a better offense. I think in terms of leadership on the offense, it's hard to beat Pratt. And I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to take the points with this surprisingly, because if I was just looking at the numbers, pure numbers, I'm going SMU all the way, um, giving the points and, and taking an SMU. Because I, I think this is a better dream because perception is reality. And the perception is this game should be SMU's. Um, but surprisingly, Tulane's defense, while it's not a great defense at 29, it's havoc rate in sacks, make right. big plays, and yep. their special teams are solid. And, and this is what's going to lead them over the edge. I think I'm going to give it to Tulane. I like it. All right, next up, maybe the biggest one uh, of the weekend. You got Georgia-Alabama. Um, I don't know what else to say about this game except it's Georgia-Alabama. You have probably the best tight end of the nation, maybe the second-best player in college at, at Georgia uh, behind uh, Marv Harrison Jr., who I got to see up close and personal. That kid's a stud. Um, so, I mean, there's not a lot to talk about with this. Uh, Georgia's lost their last four meetings or three, I guess, in the in the SEC title game to Alabama. You know, we count Alabama out, and they find ways, and the committee wants them to find a way, trust me. So ESPN sure would. I mean, for for two SEC teams to back in, which I don't think can happen, but I'd never say never with the SEC anymore. So I've got Georgia dropping the five, though. I think they get over the hump this year. They're just they're built different. They're peaking at the right time, and they're finally healthy, which is the biggest part for Georgia right now. Well, so to your point, it's it's I think it comes down to how well Bowers can play with that ankle. Um, and, and, and don't forget McConkey, right? I mean, so two of their weapons are, are, are in jeopardy. We don't know how healthy they are. you got to assume they're healthy and ready to go. But if there's any uh, attention to their ankles, um, I think Bama may get the edge. And here's why I think they get the edge. Um, Milro. Milro sucked the beginning of the season. <laughs> they did. They were and, and, then, he, and yeah. then he moves – in the last six games, he moves into being one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the nation and give credit to the um, Alabama uh, brain trust to look and say, what does this guy do well? He runs the ball. He, he runs the ball so effectively, not because of his size, but he's fast for that size and he yes. punishes the, the, the defense. And But this has also been the weakness of Georgia this year. And this is where the game's going to come in. Georgia has suffered and had too many close games for this team that's 29 and 0, right? Right. Um, in its last three years. So the reality is the teams that they struggle with, Georgia struggles with, are teams with dy dynamic quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, the games that make it close. So then it's going to come down to turnovers. Ultimately, you know, you got a defense defense. Georgia is number nine in total defense. Alabama is number 17. They were horrible at the beginning of the season. Look at the game, the game against Texas. They've improved over the last six games. You've got an offense. Here's the thing, to your point. The offense of Georgia, number six in the nation, great receivers, uh, good running back tandem, enormously strong offensive line. Um, and they have Beck, who's probably the most efficient quarterback in the nation. Yes. Right? Um, yes. But their third down defense is what makes them so special. And this is where it will come down. Can Milrow move the chains on third down versus the number two best third down defense in the nation? But this is why it matters, because those running quarterbacks – create a different dynamic when you're playing third down defense. If it's third and if you're moving the, the if you're moving the ball um, in, in, in pace and you're getting four yards, four yards, and you make it a third and three, third and two, um, I think Alabama ends up winning this game. And the reason they will is because of Milrow um, and the fact that they are sack specials. Their defense is excellent on havoc defense plays and third down um, focus uh, is good too. They're 25, but it's not, as good as the number two for Georgia. But here's the thing, that pressure they're going to get on Beck. Beck has not seen great pressure. They no. played the weakest schedule in the yes. SEC. Yes. Um, and I think it, I think this comes out to haunt them because what happens is when you don't have – remember I talked about that character of close games. Yeah, now, when you're Georgia not tested. Yeah. Georgia has that, but they yeah. haven't been tested against great teams. They've been tested right. against mediocre teams. Right. So I think Bama – and this is this is going to be the coaching match, right? It's, it's going to be two, the two – 
supposed best coaches in college football, one who is the best coach, a Hall of Famer, right. and one who's about to be Hall of Fame um, ready because of his right. success over the last three years. Um, we'll see which coach comes up with enough wrinkles to put their team over the edge. I think Bama covers. Okay. I think they may. I think they may up may end up losing twenty six twenty three. Like a field goal, yeah. But so Milrow had a sixty nine point four completion percentage and averaged six point one yards per carry in November. That's the question. Can he keep it up? And and yeah. to your point, Carson's bet is a seventy two point four percent. Yeah. So ridiculous. you're right. Seven Efficiency. Seven out of every, and by the way, it's it's not just dink and dunks. I mean, to your point, he's oh yeah, he's yeah, throwing, they throw long he's balls. Not throwing, yeah. yeah, he's not throwing to a, a tight end who who does a five yard curl like Benny Cunningham right. and Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. He's throwing to Bowers, who's catching the ball sixteen yards down the field. Yeah, right. I mean, it's it's amazing. And McConkey, I'll tell you what, that kid has done everything they've asked of him. That's just That's one of those feel good stories. The the guy's just a gamer. He it's not he's not blazing. He's not this. He's not that. He's just everything. Yep. It, it, and he does it in a workmanlike fashion, kind of like his dad. If you guys remember him from so, uh, the Giants. Let me. I, lo- I loved. I loved them. Here's yeah. so. Let me put one more piece in the puzzle. Even though I said I, I think Georgia will win but not cover, um, I will say this: Georgia has everything to lose, and Alabama has everything to win. And yes. how that plays. I, so when you put that into the locker to, locker room talk and the gate, pregame preparation of the greatest college football coach of our lifetime, um, even though I can't stand Saban, <laughs> the guy is ridiculously good. And when he has his teams up against the wall, right? And this may be his swan song, right? I mean, yeah. he may decide this to hang it up after this year. And he's, he's going to give every – ounce of coaching acumen he has to bring and bear on the witness of this game yeah no i agree good stuff and since we went that way i want to lead into the michigan game because i think a lot of the point spread on this is very much dependent on the georgia alabama game let me give you a reason why bottom line is if georgia wins they're not going to lose that one spot period it doesn't matter if they went by two one three or fifty doesn't matter now, if they lose that game and Michigan goes out and blasts Iowa by 42, guess who's going to be number one? You can't not put them at number one at that point. So as far as the betting goes for you betters out there, 23 is great if Alabama wins that game. If Alabama wins that game, it's a lock at 23, I'm promising you, because we won't pull off. Uh, there will be no pull off. It's Harbaugh's back. After all the controversy, he's back. We have the one of the best offenses I've ever seen in my lifetime at Michigan with the balance we have. We may have the second or third best tight end in college with Cortland, and we have a transfer from Indiana who's a stud as well. Our running backs are probably second to none if you put Corum and Edwards together against anybody in this nation. As far as Corum's the only player in FBS to score in every game this year, he's got a touchdown in every game this year. That's hard to do. Uh, we didn't play a lot of people, so I get it. Uh, our defense hasn't been tested, and I told Ohio State fans the same thing, that we're paper champions when it comes to defense right now because we just don't know, and that's being honest. Um, we have pieces. We have one of the best secondaries in the nation too, but we haven't been tested. Iowa's not going to be the one to test us today. <laughs> I'm leaving for that game. I will be at the game and video to come, but I like Michigan – Probably 35 to 7, 35 6 in that range tonight. I don't even know if Iowa scores. Their over under on points just by Iowa tonight is six and a half. That's so sad. And and the lock is the under uh, on, on, on those points. My, my point is um, they were not they are not going to score a touchdown. Iowa's not going to score a touchdown. They have the they have the last rated offense in college football the last yes michigan's the second rated defense now granted i'm gonna wax a little bit annoyance here that um i I think the cheating scandal was real and i think it was dynamic and i think it really helped michigan um prep for their games and prepare for their games obviously it did not against ohio state they demonstrated that they can bring everything to bear um, against ohio state in this game i don't think the previous games were legitimately decided i think this game 100 percent was and that's the michigan you're going to see 
um, tomorrow or today. Mm -hmm. um, and the reality is Iowa is as bad as everyone thinks. This is the most <laughs> unique 10 win team in college yes, football history. Ever. They are horrible. Um, they are lucky. The funny thing is they're not even dynamic. They have, they have really good skill uh, players on defense. Yes. They have really good players on defense, but they don't, they're not, they don't, they don't win the turnover margin, which is no. how you usually win on defense. They don't do the things that you usually do. They don't have a great third down defense uh, proficiency. They just somehow make enough plays to win these games. It's, it's really the most strange statistical analysis <laughs> team in college football history. But it is. I, I'm not going to belabor it because it, it makes no sense. 42 to three was the okay. 21 uh, score uh, in the, when they played in 2021. I yeah. think it's going to be about the same, 42-3, because I think J.J. Yeah. McCarthy is one of the most dynamic quarterbacks. And to your point, um, because well, listen, he didn't throw a touchdown in the last, like, four games. Three, or something three like games, yeah, going yeah, into the Ohio State games, game. Going yep. into the Ohio State game. Yep. But they didn't need it because they had nope. Blake Corum, and they, yes. and they have Edwards, Donovan Edwards. Yep. They have this great tandem. The reality is, between their balance and the receivers, their tight ends, um, there's no stopping Michigan because uh, – Iowa just doesn't have the the will to win this no. game. Um, it is a, it is the David versus Goliath, but unfortunately, Goliath's going to win this one. <laughs> and to your point Throwing on the away. running on the Throwing on the away. running quarterback situation, I think you're going to see a lot of JJ Reed uh, Reed zone on the and pull tonight. He's going to run the ball a lot tonight. I have a feeling, and, and he's dynamic I, as all get out when he gets in the open field. I think I, I think he may be scoring three hours after the game ends, um, and, and, I, and I and I mean that is. Iowa is Iowa's going to be exposed for the reality. Again, it, yeah. it, it, two things are real, real here. They played a horrible schedule of the West, right? It was a, a, yes. a, no great team in the West. Um, Wisconsin, who used to be a, a solid team, is a, is a mediocre team right now. Minnesota's a mediocre team. You name it, across the West of the Big 12, uh, Big 10, there is nothing. And Iowa is an example of that is the problem with this type of structure that we have. This is one of the weaknesses. And they're going to be totally exposed this evening. Um, next game. <laughs> I wanted to throw a number out for you, though, real quick, because you're talking about the most amazing 10-1 team of all time. They weren't yep. even averaging 250 yards a game, and they exactly. won 10 games. The last team yep. to do that, the highest wins for any team to go through a season like that was Coastal Carolina with four wins. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's the oh, craziest stat ever. All right. So here we go. This probably is for the fourth spot in the playoffs, I would think, tonight. It's Louisville in Florida State. I've got Louisville, and I'll tell you why. We don't even know if the backup for Florida State's healthy. It may be a freshman thrown to the Wolves tonight. Don't care how good he is. Conference championship playoff on the line. You're 18. You're, uh, you're drying your leg after it. Let's put it that way. Um you're going to be peeing down it because you're not ready for this moment. I don't care who you are. I'm sorry. If that offends anybody, so be it. He's not ready, guys. If the backup's not in, Florida State's in for a long night. It's just bottom line on that. Louisville is not a joke. Louisville just had a couple hiccups, which they shouldn't have had, or we'd be talking about them with one loss possibly being right there too. Um, their hiccups happened against a pathetic pit team, so I don't know how they lost that game. And then, of course, uh, lost a heartbreaker in a rivalry game with Kentucky last week. So, um, lots of chaos factors in this. Uh, um, Brom, we'll see how he does. He's been a little under underwhelming, too, for me, with, with the name and the weight he carries. But we'll see what he does tonight. Um, again, if it, to me, if Rodemaker doesn't go, uh, this game's a lock for Louisville. So give me the three and a half, and I'll take Louisville on that. I, I think you're right. I, I think people are going to find this to be maybe the best game of the day. Um, it, two great defenses, two dynamic defenses. Louisville's number 19, Florida State's number 20. And why does that matter? Because they both played really good schedules. I mean, and I think that pit loss, let me, let, let me just wax um, optimistic yeah. for Louisville for a second and yeah. say that pit loss never came after the upset uh, against yes. Notre Dame. So yes. it's tough Let to down. be emotionally up yep. uh, game after game. And that's one of the tough things that a tough schedule puts in your way. But so Rudemaker is a game manager. If he's in there, he's five and he's, he's five uh, TDs to, to, against zero interceptions, but he's going up against a great secondary. 
uh, and a team that creates a lot of havoc on their from their defensive ends. Mm -hmm. So, uh, by the way, the Louisville defense is really good. But if to your point, if if Glenn is the quarter, Brock Glenn, who was a transfer five star quarterback transfer from Ohio State or, or commitment who who changed his commitment to FSU at the last second, um, right. because but the kid is really talented. Um, he hasn't played much, right? And right. this is the problem. So when you haven't played much, the schemes that Louisville can put out there could be very dangerous. But here's the problem. FSU has an amazingly good and gifted um, set of skill players. The receivers, they've got three great receivers. They have one who's an exceptionally tall, of uh, 6'7", um, just a red zone threat, fantastic yes. in the red zone. You've got a running game with Benson who's, who's terrific, and he fights for extra yardage. Um, this game's going to come down to turnovers. And here's where I think Florida State's still going to end up winning the game is because Jake Plummer sucks as a game manager. <laughs> um, he is he is a turnover machine at the worst moments. He's kind of like Bo Nix when Bo Nix was at Auburn. Yeah. He may have a better team and prepared. The team may be ready to win the game. And he has the capacity to steal a, a defeat out of the jaws of victory. And so I think the game's <laughs> going to get close down to the end. Here's the interesting part. Again, I talked about character perseverance due to tough games. Florida State has been down in the last three games uh, to start the game. They were mm -hmm. down six, down 12, and down 14 in the last three games, and they came back to win. That's not just because um, they had a great quarterback in Travis. It's not because they had a, a good quarterback um, with, uh, with Tate. It's because this entire team has a winning mentality because they've got an amazing coach, Norville. Norville is probably the best coach in college football in designing a game plan around formations. So what he'll do is he'll create the same formation. This is what's going to trick up the Louisville defense. He has the same formation for a running play. That same formation will have a screen pass out. That same formation will have a, a deep threat out of it. And that same formation will have a run option threat to it. Um, right. And, and it will, it'll have a play action threat. So you have six different options from the same formation. And that's what makes a one-week two-week preparation against Florida State, really difficult. And they're also the lowest turnover team in the nation. They've only turned the ball over, I think it's five times this entire year. Um, I think that will be the difference. As long as they maintain that, they will persevere to the end and win a, a fun game. Uh, I think a 31-28, uh, maybe a 24-23, 24-20 type of game. It'll be yeah. close. It'll be in the 20s, I think. Uh, but I think Florida State will eke it out. I hope we are right on our picks, guys, because all these games then are coming down, except for the Michigan-Iowa game, to pretty much last possession games. I mean, that's how we see it, to be honest with you. I, I think these games, I, I don't see a blowout on this ledger with, with just looking at numbers and, and matchups. Um, Ralph, you still there? Or do we lose you? I'm here, buddy. Fascinating right, so. stuff. Yeah, next week, what we're going to do, we're going to come back. We're going to cover um, our predictions. We'll probably cover – well, let me go to Tom real quick. Who's your four? Who's making it? So I, I, I'm going to go with the upset of Bama over Georgia. Um, I think that 29-game streak ends tonight or today. I think Michigan blows out Iowa and, and makes a statement scoring at least 40 points, maybe even 50, and giving up less than six. Um, I think, obviously, Washington was already a pick of mine. And yep. I think FSU squeezes it out and ekes it out. And we got Bama, Michigan, Washington, and Florida State. I would love that. I would love uh, that. And, and, and I will just add one more thing. Um, in that Army-Navy preview we're going we, yes. to do next yes. week. Um, I, I just, and we're going to talk about all the pageantry. And we won't worry yes. people with that today. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that game. I can't wait to do that. I can't wait for, their, for the release of their helmets and their uniforms next week. It's like Christmas for me every year to see that. The one year I remember Navy did the hand-painted warships on each individual warship on the helmets. I was like, that's amazing. So I was lucky. I, I, before you jump into your picks, I'm just going to max, yeah. max. So I grew up outside Philly, and so we used to go to the Army-Navy game every year because it was played in Philly for forever. And, and what was so much fun is watching Army's um, young, young running back mayor back in the day, early 80s, um, Napoleon McCallum for Navy. Yep. It, this has always been a fun game. The pageantry of the game is amazing. Watching the cadets and, and, and the Naval midshipmen uh, students in their uniforms, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a perfect yes. thing. The end of college football season, um, yes. like the regular season. I love it. Like you, I love it. It's great tradition. 
Um, and God bless these guys for, for signing up and serving. Totally agree. Um, my four, I guess I'm going to go chalk, I think, unfortunately, because I'd love to see Michigan get that one spot. I just I see Georgia pulling that out. So I'm going to go Georgia, Michigan. Um, man, Washington's got to stay at three or will be at three. I think they jump Florida State and then Florida State, I think, may win a, may win a close one. If not, then I like Texas, actually, because I think they're going to absolutely put up a number today to make well, a statement. To your point, if Louisville wins, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something for Texas on that point, if Louisville beats Florida State, Texas deserves the spot Agreed. because they beat Bama and they played a good schedule and they're playing at high octane. They're playing uh, three levels. They're, they're set. They're, 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 they're um, special teams, their defense, their offense are all at high thresholds right now. Texas, I think is one of the top four or five teams in the nation. If, if they're not fourth, they're fifth. Um, and the first team out push, should push them in. Totally agree. All right, guys. Well, Ralph, what say you? All right, guys. So listen, this is this has been fascinating. Uh, you know, I think college sports, college football, especially college sports, is just one of the last remaining bastions of this country. Uh, you know, the, the, and this is why it's so to, for me, it's so sad to see politics play a part in this. You got these organizations like the NCAA, which I think is all, you know, it's just politicized. But I think I think college uh, sports is, is is just one of the last remaining. I'm not sure what word I want to use, but it's it's one of those things where you can really immerse yourself as a family mm-hmm. and just it's a wonderful thing because I, I, I you know my my position on professional sports I yes used to live breathe sports um, but I I can't stand to watch a professional sport it's just it's awful so I appreciate what you guys do this is fascinating stuff I was a little confused because I don't keep up with it. Um, as to the, the schedule and what's what's going to be played this week. So just thought, let me ask you this. What is going to be happening next week? You guys will be covering well, – How does once this weekend is over, mm-hmm. what happens next week? Is it the national uh, – they, they start the playoffs? Right? The, the, no, the, the, the no bowl, they the don't. Games, right? No, Yes, no? bowl games will start like December 15th will be – or 17th, I think. But it's it's those bowl games, and, and you're going to hate to hear this, but they're no longer any good. Um, and corporate sponsors are going to start pulling their money. And I know why, when, when you sell tickets to these bowl games for 70, 80, a hundred bucks a pop, and you go there and not one of their starters are playing because they're seniors or they're going to the league next year. Why would you yep. go to that game? Yep. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really sad to, to, to Rick's point. I'm sorry. To Ralph, uh, to, sorry. The Rick's point is these people now understand that their value is beyond the game. So they're they're going to hold out, and it's it's the quality of the game is going to wane. And I'm sorry, what I loved growing up in the '70s about college football was bowl season. And so that, did you know, I. The, the pool and weed eater bowl. I don't care the yes. the Liberty Bowl. It didn't matter what it was. You had this is what I loved about it. You had 24 to 30 teams, whatever given the year, that could end the season with a win. Yep. And 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 they have bragging rights for a year. These young people could end. It's optimism. You end the year with, with optimism. And what's going to happen is the contraction of the bowl system. Um, now you're going to expand it with the 12 team playoff, but then you're, and you'll have some of these other bowl games, but the only people to be interested are the fan bases of those, those few teams. Exactly. And, and to Rick's point, when those key players decide to hold out because they want to play in the, in the, you know, the, the, the senior bowl, or they want to just prepare for the, for the combine, it's going to mm-hmm. lose the interest for the average fan um, and I think this is the beginning and the end of college football, even though they're going to super conference. It's all about television revenues right now. It's all about yeah. spreading out the television revenues. But that's also going to NFLize the the college game. And the free agency is all – I mean, I call it the Kurt floodification of college <laughs> yeah. football, where yeah. this free agency is – now you no longer fall in love with a player because that player may be playing for your rival in two yeah. years, right? Um, yep. Or, or he may be on your. I'll give you one example. There's a young kid. He's, he's playing for one of my favorite teams. Um, he didn't play this year, but he was the probably one of the top two or three recruits from the team. And we're so excited about watching him play. And he's already put put his name in the portal to, to leave. And yeah. um, it, it's it's just it's it's making it tough to enjoy the process of college football like we used to. But I'm still there right now. Yep, me too. 
Yeah, and Tom, All right, guys. I, I tell you, yep. I agree. I, listen, NIL, because I, I smell NIL, right? This is what you guys are basically talking about. Did you see mm-hmm. the movie yeah. National Champions? No, have not. You haven't seen that movie? You got to watch no. that movie. That's it, it, they, It's the movie about the beginning, how NIL got started. Yeah. With Rick, the, uh, I, I know you've got to run. Um, yeah. And good luck this afternoon you. for your for your Wolverines. And Appreciate I don't think they need it. luck. I, I think they just need to stay healthy. I think that's yeah. what they need to do. Just stay healthy. focused, too. They need yeah. to stay focused. Don't sleep on them. Just stay focused. Take care of business. It's TCB yeah. right now. Yep. Okay, guys, we'll catch you on the rebound. Great, uh, great uh, uh, podcast. Love it. We'll, uh, next time, we'll be covering, uh, right, the bowl games. The, the, the playoff matchups and Army Navy. Yep. All right. Guys, make sure to subscribe, hit that like button. We'll catch you next time. Have a good one. On behalf of everyone from Life Sports, Music, and Beer, we thank you for tuning in. If you've got that story to tell, comment below. Smash that like and subscribe button. And don't forget to hit that bell so you can hear other amazing stories.